Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. My name is Miriam Knight, and we have a special show for you today. We are launching the Reviewers Roundtable, a new feature where we bring together some of the top reviewers of the New Consciousness Review website to talk about recent books and films that have stood out for them. Today, we have with us Julie Clayton, the reviews editor for New Consciousness Review, who also has reviewed for Publishers Weekly. Julie is a freelance editor and the quiet genius behind several New York Times bestsellers and award-winning books in the New Consciousness genre. She holds an MA in Integral's Consciousness Studies from John F. Kennedy University and is pursuing her doctorate in metaphysical science. Julie is co-editor with me of What Wags the World, Tales of the New Consciousness, being published this summer by O-Books. We also have Cynthia Sue Larson, a best-selling author, life coach, and inspirational speaker who is known as the quantum optimist for helping people discover their many possible selves and jump into their favorite lives as they focus on the question, how good can it get? Cynthia has been featured on the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, Coast to Coast AM, and the BBC. And we also have Lamisha Cerf a greeting card creator, avid reader, dreamer, and she has her own life coaching company called Life Once Dreamt. Lamisha has a master's degree in psychology, and with her unique inspiration-driven coaching philosophy, she helps women give themselves permission to dream big, to listen to their intuition, and move towards the life of their dreams. Ladies, welcome. I'm so delighted to have you all. Hi, Hello. Miriam. I'm glad to be here. This is Julie. Hi. Okay. Cynthia. Hello. Cynthia and Lamisha, check in. Hello, Lamisha here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with Julie. Julie, what were some of your favorites this year? Well, I have to say, I have just finished a book called Experiencing Spirituality Finding Meaning Through Storytelling. Um, and this is authored by Ernest Kurtz and Catherine Ketchum. Um, and, you know, I'm somebody who uses sticket flags in my book, and it's, the book is no longer white pages, it's pink. <laughs> <laughs> because I have pretty much marked every page. This is a brilliant, beautiful, wise collection of stories from cultures, uh, all cultures throughout the ages. Um, compiled and interwoven with narrative exploring spirituality. Um, and because there's so much storytelling in it, you, you really, um, as I, I said, I think in my review, you don't actually read this book. You experience it. You drop into it through the stories and through the wisdom that these two authors bring to the um, narrative. Mm. An interesting thing about Ernest and Catherine is they wrote a book Oh, more than 20 years ago, called The Spirituality of Imperfection. Um, and this is, and they call it the sequel, although quite a bit of time has passed. But um, I remember their book, The Spirituality of Imperfection, 1993, uh, excuse me. Um, and it was equally, equally exquisite. So this is by far my favorite book this year. Um, and give us the title again. Experiencing Spirituality, mm-hmm. finding meaning through storytelling. Cool. Okay. Cynthia, how yeah. about you? <clears throat> Hi. 
Well, I, I love books that bring this idea of consciousness to mind and this address the question of who are we? Because I think it's so interesting to recognize the way we often think of ourselves as individuals, but unless we have those connections to others, our life can feel like it gets lonely and lacks meaning. And a book that addresses these matters beautifully, uh, one of the four that I'm talking about today, is called One Mind, How Our Individual Mind is Part of a Greater Consciousness and Why It Matters. And this is by Dr. Larry Dossey. And he really is a doctor. I mean, he's not like, doesn't have a doctorate. He's a medical doctor. So part of what I love about all of his books, but this one in particular, is the way that he really does a beautiful job of bringing together stories from the history of America, including how one in four birds at one point were pigeons, basically, in the United States. And it was such a, you know, great vast quantities of pigeons and buffalo. You know, people thought these things would never change. And um, he, he, so he weaves in stories about nature, the way people uh, um, interact with nature, and then some amazing aspects of how um, researchers today are, you know, talking about this, this cultural loneliness that is becoming such a big topic in the news today, and how loneliness is actually unknown to people in the country of Nigeria, for example. So when they come to England, they come to the United States, um, they don't even have a word for loneliness in Nigeria. But it's something about our culture. And so these are the kind of topics that I find fascinating uh, because it has such a direct impact in all of our lives as well as gets into that bigger picture of who are we and is it possible that we're all connected? And if so, what's doing that connecting? And how does that work? That sounds wonderful. I mean, can you imagine not having a word for the concept of loneliness? That tells you something. Uh, Cynthia, remind us what the name of the book is. This book is called One Mind, and it's by Dr. Larry Dossie. Great. Lamisha, what's your favorite? My favorite is um, Inspired and Unstoppable, Wildly Succeeding in Your Life's Work by Tama Keeves. This book really, really touched my soul when I read it. And I think part of the reason that it did, aside from her beautiful writing, is because everything that she shares in this book, it gives readers um, permission to not force their own path, but gives them permission to sort of discover what is best and right for them. So she uses a great example of um, the first book that she had written and was um, originally self-published called This Time I Dance. And she uses her experience in that as, you know, sort of the springboard and the illustration of how she was able to follow her inspiration. So all of these people were telling her, you know, to write a book and to be successful, you have to do this, that, and the other. And for whatever reason, it didn't touch her in that way. It didn't really resonate with her. It didn't, it felt really resistive and, and, um, just difficult to do. And so she, she didn't actually do it the way that, that she was told and instead followed her inner voice and her inner guidance. And throughout the book, she shares, you know, the different things that you go through if you're following your inner guidance and the the things that you might come up against when someone is in your face and saying, oh, you should really do it this way. And this is the best way. But she really drives home the point that, you know, the magic lies in um, the small moments in life. So whatever it is that you want to do, you have your own path and you have your own way of doing it. And that's okay. You don't have to do the same thing as everyone else. You don't have to follow the same path as everyone else. And every single path that we all take is 
perfect in and of itself. So her writing is beautiful. The stories she shares is, you know, those are great. And they, they do a really great job of illustrating her point. And it's a, it's a book that I think everyone, um, that readers will really understand and, and can apply to their life in, you know, a wide, you know, various ways, no matter what their life's work is. And the title again? Inspired and Unstoppable. Wildly Succeeding in Your Life's Work by Tama Keeves. I heard Tama uh, talk about this book last year, and she is the most vibrant speaker you would ever um, hear. She's amazing, and, and it really comes through in her book. So, you know, I, I support your recommendation. She's, she's great. She came from a really... Um, you know, kind of Wall Street uh, legal office background. Oh, and yeah. To, to make this shift is very impressive. Okay. Julie, let's go back to you. I would, I would love to read a, a short story from Experiencing Spirituality before I go on, if, if that's okay. Uh, how short? For that, one page. Um, well, why don't we see how the time goes and come back okay. to that, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Another one of my favorites uh, this year, and my goodness, you're zipping along, uh, is called The Boy Who Died and Came Back, Adventures of a Dream Archaeologist in the Multiverse. And this is by Robert Moss who, uh, as listeners may know, is a renowned dream worker um, and has authored many books about dreaming and the soul and uh, traversing the, the landscapes that he calls the multiverse, meaning the states of awareness that we would think of in as in perhaps a near-death experience, uh, lucid dreaming, um, daydreaming, those places that are sort of in between waking and sleeping consciousness. Uh, and this is a semi-autobiography by Robert Moss, and uh, he really takes readers on a, on a journey that uh, tra traverses through his experience of um, navigating these multiverses as a dreamer and a shaman dreamer. Um, he is well-practiced in that. Um, and it starts with his story, his own personal story, when he died at age nine and how he died and came back. And uh, this really set the tone for his, his life as becoming somebody who walks between worlds. And um, what I particularly appreciated about this book is, again, there's, there's story involved in it. Uh, but he sort of normalizes this whole concept of multiverses and alternative, alternative states of consciousness, and he, he does, does so with great skill and intrigue. Hmm. And remind us of the title. The Boy Who Died and Came Back, mm -hmm. Adventures of a Dream Archaeologist in the Multiverse, and I believe this is coming out in May. Hmm. 
And that is one of the fun things that you get when you are a reviewer for New Consciousness Review. You get to see the books before they even come out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh (laughs) A little word from our sponsor. Um, I want to put my two cents in. Um, I had just interviewed and, of course, read the book. Um, I interviewed Kelly Turner, who wrote a book called Radical Remission, Surviving Cancer Against All Odds. Mm -hmm. And Kelly is a graduate of Harvard and a PhD from um, Berkeley. And uh, she set out to find the reasons behind unexpected remissions um, from cancer of people who had 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 been given up on by the medical uh, community, essentially, and been sent home to die. And um, she interviewed, she started to interview about a a few hundred and and ended up many more, um, and compiled their answers looking for similarities among them. And she came up with nine common factors. Um, What is absolutely fascinating is that of the nine, only two are physical. One is radically changing your diet, which um, includes, of course, eliminating sugars, refined carbohydrates, bad fats, um, and so on. Uh, And, you know, additives, artificial sweeteners, and so on. And the, uh, and the other physical one was the kind of, of herbs and supplements you might want to take, you know, to, to beef up your immune system. But the other seven, um, factors were all emotional and spiritual. They were things like taking control of your own health. They were things like, um, having a social support system or really having a reason to live. And I just thought everyone should be reading this because if you don't already have cancer, one in four people in the United States or possibly one in three will be getting cancer at some time in their lives. So uh, it's, it's a really important book for prevention just as much as for um, dealing with these challenges. So I really recommend... Radical Remission, uh, Surviving Cancer Against All Odds by Kelly Turner. Okay, um, Cynthia, I think it's your turn. Yes, well, I, I love all the books that are being talked about so far. So my ears are perking up at so many. I just think this is great. And I've got another one that delves into um, this idea of consciousness and oneness uh, from a slightly different perspective. The title of the book is Conscious Musings. Contemplations to Transform Life and Realize Potential. And this is by a woman, Alexis Brooks, who asks the question, is paranormal the new normal? And it's kind of, <laughs> I know, it's a little cheeky, but um, the reason she asks that question is because in this book, she's describing some of the things that many of us um, who love New Consciousness Review are going to nod and smile at, such as amazing synchronicities, um, seeing the time on the clock show things like 11.11, which um, possibly indicates that consciousness is evolving. And then other signs such as um, just tremendously remarkable um, synchronicities, coincidences, and sometimes shared dreams. 
and as well as what you really might call um, sort of psychokinetic events. And, and what I mean by that is in the chapter that's titled, Is Paranormal the New Normal? Alexis describes a story, um, a real-life experience, where a friend of hers <clears throat> phoned um, and asked you know, her to call her right now, and she could tell something was terribly wrong. So she, she was ex- Alexis was expecting some horrible news, and her friend said, Are you sitting down? I can't believe what just happened. I had to call you because you will be the only one who would understand. So Alexis said, understand what? And then her friend explained that she was just at, alone at home doing dishes, and she'd set down a, a pot and a lid on the counter, and she had a long kitchen, and so this is at the other end of the kitchen. And so now she's a distance away from it, but all of a sudden the lid just lifted off of the pot and spiraled like a fast-moving frisbee or something and landed right at the tip of her left foot, like 20 feet away from where it started. So, so this is just one of those bizarre things. Now, this is a little over-the-top bizarre. Most of us don't experience things like that, but it's like a flying object. Um, but I think it's really interesting because if you're listening to this program, I think a lot of people can relate to being that friend that's the one who you, you call when something bizarre happens and nobody else is going to even believe it. And I, I thought that that made me smile. So this book, Conscious Musings, um, it delves into a little bit of things that are far out, but mostly just a new way of uh, what Alexis calls rationalizing reality. And she ties together a lot of metaphysical science, which is where science is growing right now, exploring who are we again, that same question, and what are we doing now? If this is this time of great awakening, um, what's the path forward for each of us? And it's not always clear. Sometimes it's confusing. And so she shares lots of really nice meditations and reassuring ways that you can get yourself back on track if you feel um, a little bit disjointed or like you're aware things are changing, but you don't know what to do with it. So she brings it together. And... Again, close with the title again. Yes, uh, this is called Conscious Musings. The subtitle is Contemplations to Transform Life and Realize Potential. And it's by Alexis Brooks. Great. I'm going to have to add that to my reading list. Okay, La Misha. Hello. The next book um, is actually one of the last ones I just finished, and I loved it. It's called um, Messages of Hope. The Metaphysical Memoir of a, of a Most Unexpected Medium by Suzanne Geisman. And the title really does, I mean, it's the perfect title for this book. Um, Suzanne Geisman is a former U.S. Navy commanding officer. And she, um, after experiencing the death of her stepdaughter, she was sort of catapulted into this metaphysical world. Um, she was wondering what happens, you know, after death. Is there truly life after death? So as she explores, you know, this uh, metaphysical world and wanting to connect with her um, stepdaughter for her own ease of mind and also to help her husband get through his grief, she sort of stumbles upon her own um, gifts, these gifts that, you know, of mediumship. She was able to receive messages from the other side um, and being a self-proclaimed skeptic herself as the book is all about her journey from the time that she finds out about, um, you know, her stepdaughter's death through how she moves into her mediumship work and, and how this all took place. And 
almost on every step, she's questioning, you know, is this really a message from the other side or am I making this up? Is this really a gift or am I completely making this up? And so each chapter delves um, further into her journey and she continually, you know, brings messages that provide comfort to loved ones. And, you know, she shares these um, facts and, and different things about family members on the other side that no one else could know and, and all of these things. And one of the things that sort of um, put her over the edge in truly believing and, and understanding that this was a gift that she, that she has is um, she would sit down to meditate daily um, to sort of make this connection to the other side. And she started doing an automatic writing exercise that just happened. And what came out was a spirit-inspired poem just about every time she did it. And they were messages at first for her specifically and for her situation in life. And the more she did it, the more uh, messages, you know, universal messages came across. So messages on love and um, gratitude and, you know, forgiveness and those types of things that, that relate to us all. And she uses those, some of those poems, um, throughout the book and they're, they're wonderful, you know, lessons and, and just, it's a really great addition to the book. And she's got a website that she was, um, sharing these messages on as well. And, and it's one of those books that she isn't trying to force anyone to believe this one way or the other. She's just telling her story. And I think that's what makes it so, beautiful and authentic. You know, this is her authentic, true experience and readers, you know, there's no pressure to believe one way or the other, but it is a a really, really wonderful book. Um, it's called messages of hope, the metaphysical memoir of a most unexpected medium, uh, by Suzanne Geisman. If you go to Suzanne's website, you see pictures of her, you know, she she was on the staff of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. She your pictures of her with presidents and so on. This is somebody who was, you know, high up in the military. Mm-hmm. Fascinating lady. Cool. Okay. Julie, back to you. Okay. I I have to echo uh, Cynthia's comments. The more I hear people talking about these books. I mean, I'm aware of them, but having them discussed like this in a forum is really getting me quite excited about them. (laughs) I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I I would like to introduce a book called Time in a Bottle uh, by, uh, sorry, the subtitle is Mastering the Experience of Life um, by Howard Falco. And this also is a book that's coming out in May. Um, and Howard Falco, this is his second book. It is what I would call a self-empowerment book. So, you know, it is um, enhancing people's awareness. But he comes to it from such a beautiful perspective, which is through time. Um, and he says, you know, time is our most precious and highly coveted resource. And he he frames our ability to improve our life, whether it's health or relationships or abundance, um, by collapsing, stretching, and expanding time. And uh, in order to do that, he sets up in the beginning of the book uh, the, the concept of time being a continuum and that all creation happens in the moment, in the present moment. Um, and so any time we're either projecting a fearful future or holding on to a painful past, 
um, we actually are contracting time and therefore we slow down the process of our own evolution and our own ability to create the life that um, is fulfilling for us personally. Um, and he says, ultimately, how you decide to deal with the ups and downs of the creative process you're in the middle of, which is life, is the single most powerful determining factor in how quickly things change in your world. So this is a very, very well-written book. Uh, once again, multiple tabs for me. Um, and just an interesting backstory, Sir, uh, Howard the Falco, the author, um, had had sort of an extraordinary shift in consciousness in his life that set him on this journey. In uh, 2002, he was 35 years old in ordinary life, fa uh, father of two, and he he had this transformative shift for him. Um, it, it was a you know a mental event. And ever since that time, he has been on a, on a path to unveil the answers to some of the deepest questions that we all search for, such as who am I and why am I here and why do I suffer? Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a great book, and um, it's, it's up on the site, and we're ready to release it to the world. <laughs> And I might add that um, Howard was a very wealthy and successful stockbroker, you know, yeah. and, and kind of came to the realization that if I have everything uh, in the American dream, why am I not happy? Right. As right. is happening more and more. Okay, um, back to Cynthia, I believe. Yes. Well, I, and wow, this, these are just great book little snippets. And I think there's a common thread that I'm noticing because the idea of authors having um, awakenings in dark nights of the soul and then um, having epiphanies is certainly true of the next book that I want to talk about, which is written by Eva Herr. The book is called Consciousness, Bridging the Gap Between Conventional Science and the New Super Science of Quantum Mechanics. So... Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the author, just to give people a sense of who she is, because I know her personally, and she's remarkable from the standpoint that she's very down-to-earth, very humble. This is a woman um, who's not a afraid to make her own clothing, and just, you know, she's like the Martha Stewart's of the the back um, mountains, you know, <laughs> so the Appalachians, but she used to be a court reporter. So she's a paralegal, um, or she was, before she had this awakening. This is important because what happened is once she started, and she's written several books, but once she started getting in touch with consciousness, with sort of a one mind that I was talking about earlier, um, what occurred to her is that she would like to know more about it from sort of this paralegal um, you know, sort of a sense of let's get the definitions and terms straightened out. And so she had the great idea to interview 10 people that could really value both sort of, if you think of the left and right sides of the brain, um, really had a good grasp of both what's going on with consciousness research right now, as well as understanding spirituality. So she interviewed 10 people, um, actually 11. The, the first was a couple, Robert, John, and Brenda Dunn. <clears throat> They're kind of a team. <laughs> and then she interviewed Christian De Quincey, Dean Radin, Amit Goswami, William Tiller, Henry Stapp, Irvin Laszlo, Roland McCready, Elizabeth Rauscher, and Thomas Campbell, Jr. Most of these are physicists. 
uh, thus the topic about quantum mechanics. What Eva was noticing is that earlier when she'd had her awakening after the dark night of the soul, she'd really gotten a sense that there's something amazing about the nature of reality that our classical material deterministic view of things doesn't quite fully capture. And so that's the nature of her exploration. What I think is especially amazing about these interviews, which they don't come off boring and dry like you might think a court reporter um, would would do. Instead, um, they come from a woman who has such soul and such a genuine deep curiosity that she's able to converse with each of these people um, in a very down-to-earth way that is so much her style. And so, um, for example, she'll get people like Dean Radin talking about how, and he's a scientist at Institute of Noetic Sciences, how, for example, you might be able, one person could kind of move and affect a PK experiment, just like pushing on a large truck that has its, um, you know, that's disengaged from all the gears and has the brakes off. But if you get 100 people pushing, you might be able to move that truck a little bit further. So it's really simple, brilliant ideas like that, as well as um, getting into the essence, again, of um, how to find meaning in our lives. That's really what this book is about. And her interview with Amit Goswami, another physicist, really gets to the heart of how we've become narrow as a society in our daily lives. Um, We've somehow gotten to a mundane level, and people... They're getting tired of being sold on identities of and being brainwashed by this consumeristic um, mindset that Julie was just talking about in that wonderful last book. And so it's um, this this book, Consciousness by Eva Herr. If you read through it and you read these ten different perspectives, which don't exactly agree about what consciousness is, it's like the blind man and the elephant because consciousness is so big. It's like describing God or something. Um, you don't get exact agreement, but you sure get some interesting ideas. Consciousness by Eva Herm. Fascinating. It reminds me, um, I remember that Larry Dossie has inscribed over a doorway in his home, something unknown is doing we don't know what. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Okay. Back to you, Lamisha. So the next book I have is um, Tune In, Let Your Intuition Guide You to Fulfillment and Flow by Sonia Choquette. And this book is really, um, it really gets to the heart of going beyond, how to go beyond the ego and going beyond, you know, sort of what um, Julian and Cynthia were talking about is going beyond sort of the consumerism and what the American dream is. But instead, um, allowing your spirit to drive you, allowing your spirit to connect you with, um, you know, what your soul purpose is and, and to tap into that intuition. And, and this is really, um, a great practical guide to do that. So anyone that may not, you know, may not have the tools or wants to brush up on some various practical practices that they can do. Um, Sonia really taps into different breathing techniques, visualizations, um, and then she's through each section of the book, she incorporates um, a journaling exercise. So she'll ask various questions to help um, readers really get to the heart of the issues and, and help connect them um, to what it is that they really want. So she uses not only her experience, you know, in her life, but she's got various people that she's, she's worked with over the years. Um, she shares their stories and, and shows the huge shifts that can occur when you 
consistently connect and listen to your intuition. Um, and so for so many, connecting to intuition is sort of a out there thought. They don't really know what that is besides like getting the gut feeling. But what she describes is the more you connect each day, whether you are meditating or, you know, performing some sort of practice that you've created, um, that the more you do that and the more you connect, the easier it is for you to tap into the intuition and the easier it is for you to hear those little whispers. So it's a really great practical, um, you know, book to, to help readers touch on their intuition, tap into that intuition, and then connect with their spirit to help them, you know, get into the flow of life. Um, and again, it's called uh, Tune In, Let Your Intuition Guide You to Fulfillment and Flow, and it's by Sonia Choquette. I think tuning into one's intuition is the absolutely um, best gift you could give yourself. It's a tool that will never let you down. I agree. Um, We're back to Julie. Julie, do you have another one for us? Well, uh, interestingly enough, yes, I do. And and I also wanted to just speak briefly about uh, Eva Herr's book that Cynthia just spoke to called Consciousness bridging the gap between conventional science and the new super science of quantum mechanics. Um, also, uh, like Cynthia, I come to it from a slightly different perspective, but I am very much interested in consciousness, um, and specifically consciousness as opposed to awareness and, you know, what is it, really, what is consciousness, and where does consciousness fit into our worldview and you know, how does it bridge science and spirituality, which I believe it does. Um, So I truly enjoyed uh, Eva's book. And I think the one thing that I took away from it that I I really could hold on to that I would pass on is um, that instead of trying to define consciousness, what's really most important is that we come to some kind of a shared agreement about what it means. What do we mean when we say consciousness? And as Eva demonstrates with her uh, interviews, it depends on who you're talking to (laughs) and what their field, uh, you know, their field of expertise is. And this, of course, is the, quote, problem, unquote, with consciousness is that uh, it has so so many varied meanings. Um, and so I really appreciated the, the depth with which she explored what is consciousness and how does it differ from awareness and what is mind and big mind and small mind and so on. Um, and as Cynthia said, you don't come away with any definitive answers, uh, but you certainly come away with a deeply expanded sense of what we're talking about when we're talking about consciousness and what it means, um, and perhaps more simply, that there really is much more to the world than meets the eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that is, again, consciousness, bridging the gap between conventional science and the new super science of quantum mechanics, Eva Her. And just a side note, Eva mentioned in correspondence that she interviewed over 60 people uh, to come to create this book of 11 stellar interviews. Hmm. Yeah. Very good. Um, Did you have another one that you wanted to 
discuss? Uh, uh, no, I, I didn't, actually. Okay. Um, Cynthia. Yes. And actually, <laughs> um, all of you, uh, uh, you know, as, as we get kind of towards the end of our um, time together, I was wondering if you could think of one of the books that you found most fun to read. Well, that's the, I've got a fourth book and this would be the fun one. <laughs> I was saving it for dessert, you know, <laughs> if you've got like a meal and you want to finish it with just the right thing. So you're laughing. Um, boy, do I have it. it uh, even the title is entertaining. It's um, written by Andy Myers. And I met him at a time travel conference, which makes the whole thing much more interesting <laughs> when you can say like, oh, I, I met the author. Yeah, we were, we were at a time travel conference. Yes. Um, the name of the book is Flying Paint Rollers from Heaven, Messages <laughs> of Hope, Humor, and Love from Beyond. And this is another down to earth fellow gentleman from the Midwest. He is a psychic and his name's Andy Meyer. But what I like so much about him, um, Andy Myers, excuse me, is um, that he has such a funny way of just being so direct to the point down to earth. So, for example, if he asks a question, and his book is kind of in a question-answer format, he'll have a question like, um, can our loved ones in heaven see what we're doing all the time? You know, which could be kind of disturbing if you think about it. <laughs> and he answers that by just saying, I think a better question is, would they even want to? You know, so it's brilliant. And, and I think that's a real good way to redirect, you know, the energy of that, as well as things like, um, are there soulmates? And if so, how do I know if I'm with mine? His response immediately to that one is, I hate to be so straightforward and blunt, but if you have to ask that question, then it's probably not. <laughs> but, but then he continues on. You know, there's a lot more. And there, I'm, I'm kind of um, making light of it. But I want you to get the feeling for um, the playful nature of of someone who's that gifted, that intuitive. And the title of his book, he explains right at the beginning, comes from another one of these psychokinetic events. Um, in this case, here he is, um, again, in the kitchen. It's funny, both of these stories I'm talking about today happen in the kitchen. But he's painting the kitchen walls, and he's asking the question out loud, because, um, oh, I should back up a little bit. He had bought his grandma's house. And so after she died and she passed away... He was um, reminiscing. So he's in the process of fixing the house up so he and his family can live in it. But at the same time, you know, being nostalgic and just um, remembering that she was his best friend when she was alive. And I can relate to that because my grandma was my best friend. Anyway, so he's just feeling her spirit there. And so that, that's the setup for this. And then one day when he's painting the walls, and this is where it gets interesting, he asks out loud to his grandma, how do you like the new paint color? And nothing happened at first, but then a few minutes later, he went downstairs where he was washing, you know, the paint brushes and the roller and everything, and there was this paint roller resting at the bottom of the sink, so he's crossing the room to get some towels, he turns his back around, and he sees the paint roller in mid-air flying right toward him, and it comes crashing to the floor and stops at his feet. Now, this is really interesting, because how often, I'm just amazed as I'm saying this, because it hadn't occurred to me until I'm on the show today. This is two stories about things flying through the kitchen and landing at people's feet. Anyway, but that's where the book title came from. And it gets into this whole idea of, um, you know, wonderful questions like, can ghosts hurt us or harm us physically? He says, no. How do you know who your spirit guide is? He says there are several and shows you how to find them. Um, you know, can you turn the psychic feelings off if you want to? He says, yes. And he shows you how. 
and um, basically just ask to turn it off. <laughs> and so it's just amazing. I, I, had, I laughed so hard and felt so warm. I felt like when I was reading this book that here's a good friend. He was just being um, down earth and, you know, we're sitting having a cup of coffee and he's talking about these stories that have happened to him, um, you know, about his idea of the secret to life and everything. You know, just it's about the simple things is what he tells you. You know, there's no one secret to life. It's it's all around you right in plain sight. Stop and smell the roses. Enjoy the sunset. Enjoy the sunrise. Really be with the people and the plants and the animals that you're with. So that's... That's my dessert offering for the, the reading today. <laughs> and it's called? It's called Flying Paint Rollers from Heaven, Messages of Hope, Humor, and Love from Beyond by Andy Myers. I think it's very amusing that you think our listeners will be more surprised by the fact that you had met the author than by the fact that you had met him at a time travel conference. <laughs> well, I meet a lot of authors. <laughs> I think they're some of my favorite people, so... Uh, because authors have a way of exploring um, questions a little more deeply and looking, they, they just have this creativity and imagination that doesn't stop and they love to share what they're finding. So I, I just find that delightful. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, Lamisha, do you have a quick one to, to wrap up with? I do. Um, and it's one that I'm actually currently still reading, but it has really touched touched me in, in such a big way. The book is called Grace Under Pressure, A Girl with Asperger's and Her Marathon Mom by Sophie Walker. And um, what's interesting about this book is it's not just about um, Grace, which is Sophie's daughter. Um, it's also the journey that Sophie takes with Grace as she moves through this um, journey of finding out that she has Asperger's, what that really means, um, how to sort of maneuver through this, this new path. Um, and then also Sophie's journey of, you know, depression and frustration and what did she do wrong and how can she make it better? Um, and then how she deals with it, which is the marathon piece where she becomes this runner and, and starts um, working through her emotions by physically running and getting the energy out. But what's so interesting in this is that, um, she goes through a, period of time where she's trying to figure out, is her daughter really broken or is it this, you know, miraculous, you know, she's a, um, a genius in so many ways. And then there are these other pieces of her that she can't do very well. Like mathematics is not, you know, easy for her and, and those types of things. So she's sort of straddling this, um, this idea of her daughter is perfect the way that she is, or there's something wrong and she needs to be fixed. And she's sort of traversing and, and trying to figure out where the balance is. And in doing so, trying to figure out where her place is in all of this and how she can um, help her daughter in the best way she can get the services and, and learn to live fully um, and know her identity outside of just the Asperger's. So it's, as a parent, I, I completely understand you know, where um, Sophie, the author, is coming from, trying to figure out what she could have done better or how she can serve her child in the best way and, and make sure that everything is as, you know, that she has everything that she needs. So it's a really, really heartfelt book. Um, and one that definitely has brought tears, um, as a mother myself, but it's, uh, again called grace under pressure, a girl with Asperger's and her marathon mom by Sophie Walker. Lovely. Lovely. Um, anybody else have a, uh, fun book? Uh, Miriam, I, this is Julie. I would love to, 
um, just mention in the, the book that I spoke about earlier, Experiencing Spirituality, many of the stories are humorous, although it's not their intention to be presenting humor. Um, and there is a section in the book on humor um, within the context of, you know, uh, spirituality, requiring that we can basically laugh at ourselves, that we shouldn't take things too seriously. And there's a, and many of them are, are quite humorous, many of the stories. And there's one brief one that is actually quite well known. Uh, and uh, it's prefaced by saying some humor works especially well because of the names attached. And the story is, George Bernard Shaw wrote to Winston Churchill, I enclosed two tickets to the first night of my new play. Bring a friend, if you have one. <laughs> Winston Churchill, in response, wrote, Cannot possibly attend first night. Will attend second, if there is one. It's <laughs> 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 delightful. Yeah. Well, we're coming to the close of our show, and I don't want to leave before we find out everybody's website, because these are such talented ladies. Cynthia, what is your website? I know you have, you even have an e-zine that you want to offer people. Yes, I do. And it's realityshifters.com. That's plural. It's, so it's reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-Y, and then shifters, S-H-I-F-T-E-R-S.com. And I, I do have a monthly newsletter with all the past issues uh, available um, to read online, as well as I've got the links to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, so you can um, follow all kinds of different social media links to see what's going on, um, lots of free resources and articles and information on the website as well. Great. And Lamisha, tell us about your website. My website is lifeoncedreamt.com. That's L I F E. O-N-C-E-D-R-E-A-M-T dot com. Um, my newsletter sign-up is on there as well as uh, my blog. Um, and then my Facebook and Twitter links are on there as well. Great. And Julie, I want you to let us know what your website is because I know you're a freelance editor and I'm sure our listeners would like to know your your web address. Great. Thanks, Miriam. Uh, my Website is sacredwriting.com, and it's all one word, just uh, as it sounds, S-A-C-R-E-D-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com. And, of course, people can reach me through New Consciousness Review and com as well. And I would like to remind you that if you want to review books for us, email Julie at reviews at ncreview.com. Well, I want to thank you all so much for being with us today, girls, and I can't wait until next time. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Pleasure to be on the show today. Wasn't that fun? We'll be having the Reviewers Roundtable roughly every six weeks, so I hope you'll join us every time. And, of course, you can read our written reviews on our website, ncreview.com. We're going to be having an exciting launch in about a month. Uh, We're relaunching the New Consciousness Review website with all new features, so stay tuned. Next week, our guest is going to be Marie Jones. She is the co-author, along with Larry Flaxman, 
of a fascinating book called The Grid, Exploring the Hidden Infrastructure of Reality. Fascinating stuff. You won't want to miss it. And now we're going to close with our track of the week called Exactly by Amy Steinberg.
That was Exactly by Amy Steinberg, and I know we've played it recently, but I really love it, so I wanted to play it again. You know, Amy is one of the super talented performers listed on our Speakers Bureau, Luminary Voices. And I was just looking at her profile on the site, which is luminaryvoices.com, and watching a video that she did for Exactly. It is such fun. I really recommend you to watch it. Amy's own website is amysteinberg.net. I want to reinforce the call that we made during our show for new reviewers. If you want to join our team and get your name up in lights and your reviews out into the world and build your library in the process, why don't you join our team? Just email Julie at reviews at ncreview.com and she'll take it from there. If you have any comments about the show or would like to suggest a guest, you can email me at miriam at ncreview.com and you can keep up with everything that's happening in the NCR world on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ncreview. Luminary Voices has a Facebook page as well. Well, I guess that's our show for the week. I'm so glad you were able to join us, and I hope you'll join us next time. Until then, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.